listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Well, first, welcome to October. Come on in, take off your jacket, and stay a while. And welcome to Bizarro World. See, it's October, and we're only five weeks away from the Masters Golf Tournament in Augusta. Wait, what? And on that note... Welcome back to another award-winning edition of Straight Out of Vegas, the weekend adaptation. I'm Bernie Fratto, and we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. So go to geico.com for a free rate quote. Tonight, we continue with our NFL extravaganza, and even though it's against the law, we're going to practice psychology without a license. There's one team that's truly having repeated issues over multiple seasons, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. And along those lines, we'll talk about the aspect of including coaches in your handicapping research. In about 15 minutes, uh, Steve Fezzik will join us via phone as we chop up week four in the NFL in rapid-fire fashion. Fez will have a best bet. And then, of course, after... Brian Finley's epic update at the bottom of the hour. We'll look back at some week three takeaways, plus Sleepy checks in with another best bet. And in case you missed it, uh, Sleepy is 3-0 so far this season in his best bets, and they all involve individual player props. And, of course, we wrap things up with Mackinac Sports as we wrap up the show with the Thinking Man segment of the program. Sports are entertainment, but they're more than that. They're a shared experience. As such... People want to talk about them, so you've come to the right place. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. This is Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. And as they say in Rocco Baldelli, Minnesota, it's going to be lit. All right. You know, when, whenever a traumatic situation happens to somebody or there's a significant failure, there's an old saying, it's okay to look back, but don't stare. I cannot do tonight's show without addressing the mercurial saga known as the Atlanta Falcons. Now, two weeks ago, they were my best bet against Dallas. They were a four-and-a-half-point dog. They led by 19. Then they lost outright, but they covered the number. Then against Chicago last week, they were a three-point favorite, led by 16, lost outright again, and as a result, my betting ticket, yes, I was on Atlanta, it became a simple fire hazard. And the Falcons, to be fair, they have never really lived down that Super Bowl collapse versus New England. But even by then, they'd already had a body of work, even blowing a 17-point lead to Miami in a 2017 game. That was three years ago. So what can we intelligently draw from these oddball yet consistent performance meltdowns? What has happened culturally to the Atlanta Falcons internally? Look, the Falcons are a good team. And they've got a good coach. Don't dismiss that so easily. Look, they led the Patriots 28-3 in the Super Bowl. They had a commanding lead last uh, two weeks ago against the Cowboys and last week against the Bears. They weren't blown out from the start. They're not over a match physically. That's not the case. Believe me, I know what that looks like. I re- remember. I covered the 2008 Detroit Lions, and they went 0-16. This same Falcon team had consecutive 10-win seasons in a playoff berths before falling to 7-9 last year. They're not incapable, and therein lies the conundrum. Their epic failures always occur mid-game after having significant success. And it's not just one or two players, it's the whole team. Now, that's a different dynamic. 
something that psychologists call repeated collective team collapse. Is that what they experienced, the Falcons? See, in 1978, a group of psychologists defined collective team collapse as, quote, a sudden collective extreme underperformance of a team within the competition, which is triggered by a critical situation that interferes with the team's interplay, a loss of control of the game, and ultimately the inability of the team to regain their previous performance level within that same game. Now, it's described that when it happens and it's sudden, or suddenly the scoring stops, or you go from having a 10-point lead, then all of a sudden it's gone, the collapse was further mentioned to be collective, again, meaning that all the players on the team are involved. Now, athletes described that it would start with several individual players, but by the end, they're all involved, and the collective team collapses generally top to bottom. It's the whole thing, the whole team. These athletes that were interviewed also stated that the collapse situation evoked extreme underperformance because all of a sudden nothing worked anymore for them. Nothing fit together anymore. The team couldn't play together anymore. They couldn't get back into their normal game. They were playing unstructured. There was no clear scheme. The collapse was a complete loss of control of the game situation. They just couldn't make anything any work anymore, and control had been taken out of their hands. Moreover... The harder they tried to get out of the collapse, it seemed to make it even worse. The bottom line, the teams, they become paralyzed by their inability to regain their previous performance level. And the question is why? Why? Why multiple events with this same team over the course of four seasons? And not for nothing, the meltdown by Atlanta last week and the week before, who, by the way, Atlanta last week, in their final four possessions, they went three and out three times and threw an interception. So even though the Bears crawled back into it, Atlanta had four possessions to do something about it, and they couldn't. And in, in, in case you missed it, it dealt better as one of the largest losses of the day when Chicago's outright upset turned out to be one of the biggest decisions and wins for Las Vegas sportsbooks. In my humble opinion you look no further than the head coach. Now, a head coach cannot win an NFL game by himself, much less cover the spread. But coaches very much influence the outcome of a football betting match in many ways. See, good coaches know X and O's, but great coaches know people. See, because you can't control what happens, but you can control how you react. Remember on to Cincinnati... That's been six years now. Everybody forgets the game that caused the on to Cincinnati infamous, famous press conference. The Patriots got smoked in Kansas City before they were epically good like they are now, 41 to 14. And many major publications called the bit, the, you know, they, Brady was washed up, the Brady Belichick magic was gone, New England was incompetent. Well, how did they react to that? New England went on to win 10 of their next 11 games, and they won the Super Bowl that year. And they went on to go to four of the next five Super Bowls and win three of them. By the way, their head coach, in his career, if you like to bet, he's covered 59% of his games blindly throughout the course of his career. Now, those, those are the ones that Tom Brady started. But even the ones that Brady didn't start, cumulatively, Bill Belichick, has, uh, has covered 51% of his games. 
So here's the deal. NFL betters, well, they often overlook the importance of head coaching as you handicap football. You know, a lot of people argue that head coaches, well, they've got limited impact on any football matchup. And even the most renowned head coaches, well, they're just the ones lucky enough to have good players on their teams. I don't buy it. This, this is an NFL betting philosophy that's flawed because head coaches do, in fact, impact the outcome of both individual games and lines and the general potential of a team in the NFL betting lines. NFL betting lines, or let's put it this way, if you question the importance of NFL coaches, you're incorrect in doing it because football is often likened to a game of chess. And head coaches are obviously the chess players. They're the ones manipulating the game. An incredible amount of scheming and strategy, well, it's involved in, in any NFL game, game, and particularly the betting line. And NFL coaches have made it to the NFL because of their abilities in this area. Furthermore, head coaches are very important in developing a team that can succeed against the spread. Yes, they may not think that way, but we do, and the facts are the same coaches seem to do better over and over again. Now, add to that, the best coaches also attract the best players. And additionally, talented coaches are able to guide their teams over the myriad of challenges that a team will face during the NFL betting season and even in individual games. And that's the key moral here. The best laid plans break down. They always do. But only a dynamic leader that has a tangible, visceral effect on the emotions of his players can penetrate that veneer. Unfortunately, Dan Quinn is not one of those people. Now, make no mistake, Quinn is a good coach, and he was an outstanding defensive coordinator. But before you fire on any football game, and that's in the college ranks too, and certainly tomorrow and the rest of the NFL season and beyond, before you fire on any NFL game, take one last look at the coaching matchup. Who do you trust to right the ship when things get hot and it's hard to breathe? By the way, did you know... Uh, Aaron Torres brought this up in the earlier show with Aaron and Arnie. Really good show. 8 to 11 every Saturday night Pacific right here on Fox Sports Radio. He mentioned Matt LaFleur. It was an excellent observation. Did you know that Green Bay's Matt LaFleur is now 16 and 3 in his first 19 games with the Packers? Don't poo-poo that. You know, even some guy named Vince Lombardi didn't start that fast. Nor did Mike Holmgren or Curly Lambeau or... Mike McCarthy. Maybe Matt Fleur is a pretty good coach. The fact is, coaching matters a lot. Now, there are no simple solutions when the same things keep happening to the same teams, but the best head coaches are master psychologists. So if you fire on the Atlanta Falcons Monday night against Green Bay, I believe they're getting seven now, you've got to ask yourself, do you trust Dan Quinn? What happens when things start to go wrong? How will they react? In other words, on to Cincinnati. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Coming up, Steve Fezzik, the only winner, two-time winner, back-to-back of the very prestigious Hilton. It's now called the Westgate super contest and we're going to go up and down this nfl slate tomorrow in rapid uh, in rapid fire fashion and give you some best bets and where we like or where we lean and all those good things 
I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! The great Bernie Fratto, folks. Perk up your ears for Farmers Policy Perks. From discounts to added benefits, you can get a whole lot of something. Get a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Not available in every state. Only available with select farmers branded policies. Underwritten by Farmers Trucker Fire Insurance Exchanges or Affiliate. We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Frada. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. All right, let's welcome in a gentleman, the only two-time winner of the Westgate Super Contest. He did it back-to-back. You know him, Steve Fezzik. Fez, good to hear you, buddy. How are you? Miss you guys. Week four in the NFL, and let's hope uh, most of these, if not all these games scheduled, are going to get played, right? And let's start with one from Motown, since we have exclusively Motown bumper music on this show. Let's head to Detroit, where the Lions are a four-point dog against the visiting Saints. Michael Thomas out there, banged up on defense. This Saints, def- this Saints team, to me, looks like a shell of what they used to be. And frankly, Detroit's not bad at home as a dog. Who do you like here, Fez? Yeah, I like Detroit. All the money has been on Detroit. We've seen this line drop down to three. Bernie, Michael Thomas out. Saints' top two cornerbacks out. And so because of that, it's been a tsunami of money uh, coming in against the Saints. And, of course, Drew Brees has averaged depth thrown under five yards last two years in the NFL. Every quarterback was above six. How often can you go to the well dumping to Kamara game after game till the defense takes it away? Well, and I've said it, and I'm sticking to it. For my money, uh, Drew Brees is showing signs of a shot fighter, not that he still can't get off a punch and a combination now and then. But when I saw that game against the Raiders, Fez, and some simple underneath routes and crossing routes and drag routes, he had his feet set, clean pocket, and was missing wide-open guys. That matters. I don't care about QBR and all those fancy things. I will just say this. Sometimes an NFL game will come down to four or five plays, and Breeze can't make those plays anymore. But I digress. I agree. I'm worried about Breeze. And like I said, Kamara has massed this. Kamara just playing at an elite level. They really miss Michael Thomas. All right, let's head to Carolina. Arizona, boy, when's the last time you can remember Arizona laying points on the road, Fez? Yep, and the betting marketplace isn't buying it. So this is something Arizona doesn't do, travel across the country, lay three and a half on the road. And so the Sharps did take Carolina, plus the three and a half, line down to three bad spot, as you mentioned, Arizona traveling with the early start time. I think either team wins by a field goal. That means I would take the field goal. You know, and they play inspired football under Teddy Bridgewater, and I don't know if you saw the game last week, but even without Christian McCaffrey, they give an effort. And when you've got a team getting points at home and they give an effort and they're willing to compete, that means a lot to me. I, I, that equals value. All right. Another team I think that's underrated and has value, I'm not involved in this game because Jacksonville has extra time to prepare, but they visit Cincinnati. Joe Burrow and company, they're also laying points. Yeah, and I did take Jacksonville when it was three. It's down to two and a half. Makes sense to me the fact that Jacksonville, you alluded to it, the 10 days off after the bad performance against the Dolphins, the Bengals had to play that really tough game, physical game against the Eagles, and then the full 10 minutes of overtime as well. Two pretty darn equal teams. Home field's not worth three. I'd look to Jacksonville. 
Dallas, I think this is a game that is going to be heavily bet and heavily watched. Cleveland visits Dallas. The Cowboys laying four and a half. Uh, I've made up my mind I will not be involved in any Cleveland game, period, for any reason. I do know this, though. They're 2-17 and 17 against the NFC East in the last few years. They are getting four and a half. I want nothing to do with this game. Your thoughts? Yeah, in the marketplace, they've been betting the underdog. It just dropped down to three and a half. I'm with you, Bernie. I, every week there's a game that you just don't have a strong opinion on. This is it. I pass. And that's smart. You know, we want everybody to know you don't have to bet every game. You don't have to bet the game just because it's on TV. Manage your bankroll and take, you know, find your way to those games where you've done your research and you feel you found an edge. All right, let's head to Houston. Fez, I don't know who in the league office is mad at Houston. Their first three games at Kansas City, Baltimore, and at Pitt. By the way, just for giggles, where do you have Pittsburgh's defense rated? They've got to be top three, No. Yeah, Pittsburgh's right there along with Buffalo and Indianapolis. All right, so Houston laying just over a field goal against, for I don't know what happened to the Minnesota Vikings and Mike Zimmer. They used to be nails coming off a loss. Now they're coming off of three losses, and I understand they had some issues this week and missed a couple of practices. Yeah, so what happened to the Vikings is they lost five starters on defense, and their best pass rusher, Danielle Hunter, went out, and their best linebacker went out. And now, like you nailed it, they've got to go without any practice on Tuesday and Wednesday with a whole bunch of young players in the draft desperately needing to practice. Because of that, I can only look towards these Texans, and they have to be thrilled they finally get to play a non-playoff team. Tampa Bay starting to round into form a little bit. They're laying six and a half against a game Chargers team. I know you're not high on Brady at all, but I see this offense coming together. But would you lay the wood here? I would not, uh, but there are people doing it because this line's going up, Bernie, so it's up to seven, may even hit seven and a half tomorrow. In my eyes, Brady is overrated. Number 26 in QBR, that's the stat we like best in quarterbacks. He's number 32, actually, in accuracy versus expected. And Brady had a big drop-off last year in his numbers with, uh, with no Godwin, with Scotty Miller out, his uh, number three wide receiver. I could only look towards the dog. Baltimore heads to the Washington football team tomorrow. And no, uh, this is not a misprint. They're laying 14 points on the road. And for what it's worth, Baltimore coming off that caning Monday night by Patrick Mahomes. They're laying it. I think you're paying a real premium here. As a double-digit favorite, Baltimore is 17-1 straight up, but they're only 5-13 against the number. It just feels like too many points here. It does feel like too many points. Now, I get it. Baltimore is a bully. They don't do well against the NFL elite, and they crush the NFL mediocre. However, it's a short week for Baltimore, and Washington, when Haskins does not turn the ball over, certainly has a good defense. Now, Washington turned the ball over five times against Cleveland. They had a horrible performance. You know what? They still only lost by 14. That would get you a push in this game. That's I right. think you've got to look towards the dog. We're talking with Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Westgate Contest. You hear him here Monday through Friday, 3 to 4 Pacific, 6 to 7 Eastern on Straight Out of Vegas. All right, another team laying double digits, the Rams. They're laying 13 and a half against the New York Giants, but they've racked up a lot of frequent flying, uh, flyer miles. I wonder if that catches up with them in this game. Yeah, it's a great point because they went to Buffalo 
and the week before they had to fly out to Philadelphia. I could see they're no dummies. They're reading that they're a 13.5-point favorite. They know they got the Giants outclassed. I could see the Rams just uh, workmanlike win this game by 10 but not cover. All right, let's get to a game I like a lot. The Dolphins are catching six. Seattle comes to town. Uh, a lot of people don't realize, Fez, this is not your father's Seattle defense. They're surrendering just under 500 yards per game, and they're banged up on defense, and they're traveling across country. And for whatever reason, since 2000, the Dolphins are 6-1 and one against the spread in this series against Seattle, and they're catching six at home. Yeah, and Fitzmagic with a classic Thursday night post-game interview. If you missed it, it was something special. But uh, with 10 days to prep, um, with Devontae Parker healthier than number one wide receiver, Miami has the buy sign blinking, and you nailed the reasons Seattle's defense uh, absolutely leaking oil. Seattle lucky to have covered their games against Dallas and New England. I bet the fish. Let's get to a best bet that I think we both completely agree on. The Chicago Bears catching two and a half at home over the Indianapolis Colts. Sure, the Colts won 36-7 last week, but they only mustered 350 yards of offense, and although their defense is good, the combined record of the three teams they've played is 1-8. and eight. And, Fez, this falls into an incredible trend. Teams that are 3-0 and oh, heading into Week 4, heading home for Week 4, playing a non-divisional opponent and laying less than seven points, they're 25-4. I like the Bears. How about you? I like the Bears as well. This is my best bet. And the good news is threes have popped up now that three is widely available. So Bears plus three. You talked about that strength of schedule for Indianapolis. Hey, their stats, phenomenal. But what is, who have they played so far? Well, they beat a Viking team that is a shell of their former selves. They beat the Jets. Well, we found out about them against uh, Rippon and company in Denver. And, of course, they lost to Jacksonville, which didn't exactly have a stellar game against the Dolphins. I think this is going to be a real close game. Could go either way, catch the three, maybe get a little bit of wind, maybe um, a little bit of uh, rain, although it's probably going to be out of the forecast by the late start time. Dome team for Indy won't like that. I favor the Bears' best bet. Only got about 20 seconds, Fez. Buffalo visits Las Vegas, laying three on the road. I know the books need the Raiders dearly. Your thoughts? Yeah, so the Raiders are hurting at wide receiver this year without their number one receiver, Williams. Two great rookies, Edwards and Ruggs, but both of them are out. So they'll be throwing to Renfro and Aguilar, I believe. I like the Bills. Thanks so much, Fez. Let's do it again next week. My pleasure, Bernie. Thank you so much. All right, that's Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner. The prestigious Hilton Now Westgate Super Contest did it back-to-back, -back, and you hear him weekdays here on Fox Sports Radio, straight out of Vegas with R.J. Bell, Jonas Knox, and the home of Spooka. 3 to 4 Pacific, 6 to 7 Eastern. Coming up, Sleepy's best bet is 3-0. Let's see if he can go 4-0. And I've got some takeaways on what we've observed through three, week three of the NFL season. But first... <laughs> well, let's go to the man. He likes to live dangerously. He likes to live on the edge. You know, yesterday he went to the refrigerator and the milk was two days past the expiration date. 
but he drank it anyway. It's Brian Finley with the latest. I, I wake up drinking 50-50, half and half every morning, unless I don't. According to media reports, Saints fullback Michael Burton received a positive COVID-19 test result on Saturday night after flying with New Orleans to Detroit for their scheduled game on Sunday. Now, Burton will retake the test and fellow Saints players who might have come in close contact with him are also having a point-of-care testing done for them at the team hotel. ESPN also notes the Patriots-Chiefs game is now slated for Monday. This comes after New England quarterback Cam Newton and a Kansas City practice squad QB tested positive for coronavirus. But after further results of testing, no other positives have popped up on either team as of now. NFL Network notes Cowboys offensive tackle Lyle Collins is having season-ending surgery on Wednesday to relieve a hip issue. In college football, National Power Oklahoma face plants and loses a second straight conference game. Iowa State shows up the 18th ranked Sooners 37-30 on Saturday. Arkansas thunders past 16th ranked Mississippi State 21-14. The Hogs get their first SEC victory since 2017. Tulsa takes down number 11 Central Florida 34-26. Fourth-ranked Georgia wolfing down number 7 Auburn 27-6. The Tigers managed only 39 rushing yards. And now we send it back to a man, Bernie Fratto. He is the encyclopedia of sports knowledge. A life coach for middle-aged single men and a sports betting maven who has the panache for hitting winners. It's Bernie Fratto. You know, I'm no high school dropout, Brian. I did go the full six years. <laughs> that is Brian Finley, the comedic stylings of Brian, the silver tongue devil Finley. All right. On to Cincinnati with Sleepy's best bet. He's 3-0. and All of them involve player props. And this one, if you listen to his Philadelphia lawyer-esque breakdown, a lot of what you would really call, I, I would think, deductive reasoning, Looks like another solid bet. Let's give it a listen. All right, Bernie, here we go again. Another NFL Sunday player prop. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver Tyler Boyd over 58 and a half receiving yards. As you know, Bernie, when we go ahead and we play player props, we want to go ahead and we want to exploit specific factors when it comes to wide receivers. I believe we exploit every factor with this play. First, we want volume. Well, target-wise, Boyd ranks 14th in the league with 26 total targets over three weeks. That's an average of eight and a half targets a game. Not too bad. Next, we want trending in the right direction. Well, Boyd, he's seen his targets increase each and every week. Week one, four targets. Week two, seven targets. And just last week in week three, 13 total targets. So clearly, Tyler Boyd has taken over as Joe Burrow's top option in the passing attack. Boyd's gone over this current total of 58 and a half in the last two games. And just last week, Bernie off his 13 targets. 10 total catches for a season high 125 yards now next we want the matchup to go ahead and we want that in our favor whilst the Jaguars pass defense they rank dead last in completion percentage tied for second worst in yards per catch and second worst in sacks I believe those lack of sacks is going to go ahead and afford Burrow the time in the pocket to go ahead and find Boyd I don't believe there will be any stress in that department. And the final factor, who is going to go ahead and guard Tyler Boyd? Well, that would be C.J. Henderson and D.J. Hayden. 
Henderson is well below average, and Hayden, he ranks second to last in the league in coverage rate, and that's per PFF for cornerback ranking. So, Bernie, when you add it all up, we have no choice. We have to play Tyler Boyd over 58.5 receiving yards. Let's keep an eye on that. I've got a lot of faith in Joe Burrow. I did a commentary on him a couple of weeks ago on why he's doing so well and how well his game is uh, translated to the NFL, all the things he did well at LSU he's doing in the NFL. Yeah, they played to a 23-23 tie last week, but it almost felt like a win. By the way, just the inverse proportion of that, Philadelphia was on the other end of that tie. There have actually been 25 NFL games that have played to a tie since 1974, and I've heard some folks talking about the fact that kind of like Philadelphia tomorrow night at San Fran, get out of town, you know, get right game. I'm not so sure. Now, I'm not involved in this game, but according to one database that I referenced, teams in their following week after an overtime tie are 0-15 straight up and 3-12 and against the number, dating back to 1988. The Eagles fall in that category tomorrow, so tread very lightly. We talked earlier about the Chiefs and uh, the Patriots, and we certainly hope they play uh, Monday night. And I really wish Cam would have played. I can tell you a couple things. I'm not, again, I really love the Chiefs in that game. It's a runaway line now that Cam's not playing, but I got him at seven. And the Chiefs under the Patrick Mahomes era, they've been a favorite of between five and eight points 12 times. They're 11 and one straight up, nine and three against the number. And uh, I, I, I'm on record. We're going to do this every week. Right now, uh, the Patriots are. Two and one, and the Bucks are two and one. I'm going to do them side by side all year because I've said, and I'm sticking to it, that Tampa Bay will win ten games this year, and New England will win eight. Now the Patriots, their run game has been solid. They're averaging 178 yards on the ground, 5.1 yards a carry. That ranks fifth, not bad. Actually, 178 yards per game ranks first. But I don't think it's sustainable. It's too one-dimensional. And if Cam continues to make running his default mechanism, he's going to continue to look up contact in the backfield, and it's not going to end well. Meanwhile, this is a fact. And again, there are objective truths and personal feelings. Every time I talk about this, someone lets their feels get in the way, and they look at Cam, and they look at Belichick, and let's just see what happens. We'll see if I'm right or wrong. But defensively, the Patriots have regressed. There's just no two ways about it. They're not getting pressure on the quarterback. They've only had five sacks all year. This point last year, they had 13 sacks. All right, so let's keep an eye on those two games. I'm really looking forward to watching New England play uh, the, the Kansas City. I wish Cam was playing. I don't think they would have beaten him with Cam either, so let's just hope Cam gets back in the fold sooner uh, rather than later. We talked with Fez a minute ago about that Washington football team catching two touchdowns at home against Baltimore. You know what? Washington's defense is not that bad. Their yards per game, 334. That ranks sixth in the NFL. Their passing yards per game allowed, 209. That ranks fifth in the NFL. And they've got 13 sacks. That ranks second in the NFL. So, look, if they hadn't keep you know, and by the way, Washington's offense keeps turning the ball over crazily, putting their defense in real trouble in compromising positions. So, interesting game to watch tomorrow. Again, I'm not involved on in it, but I would never lay the 14 on the road. couple of takeaways from week three. Look, I'm worried for Bengals rookie QB Joe Burrow. He's already been sacked 14 times in three games. He got taken down eight times by the Eagles on Sunday. He's been hit more than Rocky Balboa, and the season's only three weeks old. 
you know what? Get this kid an intervention. David Carr, give him a call. Tell him what he needs to do. I love Burrow, but I don't want to see him keep getting hit like this. By the way, I was dogging Phillip Rivers earlier about the noodle arm and that game's in the wind tomorrow in Chicago, but give the man credit. Yeah, Rivers started his 227th consecutive regular season game. That's a streak second to only Brett Favre, who's 297. And Rivers became the sixth member of the 400 town or the 400 touchdown pass club. Not bad company. Uh, by the way, and the Titans won't play this weekend, but they're 3-0, but it's a flimsy 3-0 start. Even though they're undefeated, despite outscoring their opponents by a collective six points, uh, that's not a lot. Uh, did I mention, though, that Tennessee, although they're 3-0, they're 0-3 against the number? Yeah, not, not, not so good, all right? Uh, by the way, uh, this has come up, and people are wondering, why is scoring up so big in the NFL this year because there's just no question it's up pretty significantly the theory is that there are less penalties being called there are less holding calls there are less false start penalties there's nothing like a penalty that can kill a drive and make no mistake totals are going over uh there are 29 and 18 to the over the first three weeks and uh seven and one just last Sunday morning games alone Here's why we think it's happening. Um, in, the, in the last five years, cumulatively, the first three weeks of a season, uh, typically about 107 false starts penalties will be called. Through, three, through week three this year, only 88. Holding penalties, which is the most commonly called penalty in all of football, the first three weeks, cumulatively, the last five years in the NFL, 157. In 2020, it's down to 75. So if that continues, well, there should be scoring. But now you're seeing an adjustment in the books. I saw one game where the total was 58. That's a lot of points. You won't see me on that game. All right, coming up, you know them, you love them, you can't live without them. It's Mackinac Sports. We're going to tackle several things in our final segment. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! One of the best in the business, Bernie Fratto. You get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. So much, I'm going to have to speed things up. You can get new car replacement, so if your car is totaled, Farmers will pay to replace it with a new one of the same make and model, like reuniting with an old friend with the added benefit of that new car smell. So it's really new car and new car smell replacement. Get a whole lot of something with Farmers Policy Perks. Start with a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Now for the legal something. Optional coverage not available in every state. Only available with select farmers branded policy subject to terms and conditions. Underwritten by Farmers Truck or Fire Insurance Exchanges or Affiliate. Perk up your ears for Farmers Policy Perks. From discounts to added benefits, you can get a whole lot of something. Get a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Not available in every state. Only available with select farmers branded policies. Underwritten by Farmers Truck or Fire Insurance Exchanges or Affiliate. We're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Before we go any further, let me thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles, Doing yeoman's work, turning all the dials, keeping us glued together so we can bring this show to a grateful nation. Chris Robocop Perfett, 
Eric, the MVP, Roberts, and, of course, Brian, the silver tongue devil, Finley. What does it mean when Gacko says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. All right, you know him, you love him, can't live without him. Here we go, Mackinac Sports. The fur might fly a little bit here because mm. I like Miami plus the six over Seattle. Lo and behold, you like the other side. You're not alone. Every sharp person I listen to and follow has given that same play. Miami plus six. It's down to five and a half. So people are listening to you guys. The money has been all in that direction. So let me break down why. And then we'll we'll do our point counterpoint here. First of all, uh, Seattle... Even though they're 3-0, and they're not doing it with defense. They're allowing 498 yards per game. Just for what it's worth, that's a lot, all right? <laughs> now you've got to travel all the way across country. Miami's got 10 days to prepare. I like what Brian Flores is doing there. And the Seattle Seahawks are banged up on, def- on defense True. additionally. So all the value to me is with Miami because Seattle just as well get in there, win the game by a field goal, get out, get nobody hurt, on to the next week. I could have seen some value when Miami was plus seven when this line opened. Every sharp I know has pounded those same two points you just mentioned, and I don't think they're as strong as everyone makes them out to be. I think there's a little bit of group thing going on. So let's go past defense. They're, they're last in the league by far. They're like 80 yards worse than the second worst. You're talking about Seattle. Yeah, Seattle's okay. past defense. Right. They just give up a ton of yards, but there's reasons why that happens. Two particularly. One, they're always up. They were up by Atlanta by 21 points. They give up 450 passing yards week one. They didn't mind. They were up by 20. They play a bend but don't break defense. Pete Carroll understands this. He said after the after the game, I know it's terrible for the fans. They're always tearing their hair out. But I always got to tell you, suck it up. That's the way we do it. That's the way we do it. They play this zone two bend but don't break defense and if they're up by 14 points they'll give you all the passing yards they want they know all they need is one turnover one third down stop and their incredible offense is back on the field so i don't think that's such a big deal being up by a big amount of points being in in a situation where you can allow a team to have lots and lots of yards lots and lots of drives without losing has been beneficial to them that's why they're worst in the league not because their talent in the secondary is that bad well, theoretically, your point is salient in the sense of giving up yards in, in and of itself uh, isn't a sin if you score more points than the other team. Bill Belichick talked about that for years. Oh, yeah. He goes, oh, yeah. He's, I don't, it's he's about giving up points. The, I don't, yeah. Yep, yep. However, it's a little bit more nuanced. And you're right that they got see Atlanta down early, and Atlanta's got a prolific passing attack. But they had two coin flip games against New England and Dallas mm-hmm. at home. And I don't consider either New England or Dallas to be playoff teams. Oh, okay. Well, New England, you're down on more, more than most. I think most people put New England. Well, I got them at eight and eight. So okay. it's not, it's so not so like I down on them because they're by most people's rankings. Fezzik, for example, has them I think fifth in the league. So if you look at that New England game, they, the first series of the game, they gave up a pick six. They're down seven. From that point, they go on a 35 to 16 run. Had the game handily controlled. Yes, they gave up a late touchdown. Yes, they almost gave up the game, not converting on a four-minute drill and giving them another chance. But I think you look at that game. I think people said New England upgrade after that game. I upgraded Seattle after that game. 35 to 16 run against a top 10 team in the league. That's dangerous stuff. There's one other thing that you debunked that I actually somewhat agree with, and that's the old adage that traveling west to east to play an early game is a death knell. It used to be 15 years ago, but right. it really hasn't been. 
Yes, you know me. I came in here February 8th. You gave me this uh, seat. I appreciate being on your show, Bernie. Road favorites have been stronger and stronger in different leagues because of the same reason. Travel just isn't that bad anymore. You go take a four-hour flight or a five-hour flight, you got your Bose headphones on, you're not worried about that exact time of the trip. I mean, just look at this. Teams that are traveling from west to east that are favored since yeah. 2016, mm-hmm. 20 and 3 ATS the last four years. It's just a myth. It's just not something that you should factor in for a point or a point and a half the way everybody seems to be doing. I don't agree with it. This other thing also also shocked me. The NFC West, and I follow them very closely as a 49ers guy, they're just the best in the league by far. I think they have the four best teams in the NFC, baby. Iron, Shibrance, Iron, the 49ers, the Cardinals, these Seahawks, the Rams, they're just doing things. They're progressing the game in, in ways that other teams aren't, aren't figuring out. I mean, just look at the numbers. NFC West teams versus everybody else, 70% against the spread, 36 and 17. How about when they're on the road, 21 and 6. When they're on the road in favor, this is silly stuff. 12 and 2 ATS, NFC West teams on the road. All right, good stuff, McKenzie. So you've got... Seattle laying the five and a half and six. I've got Miami plus bet the six. Bet of the season. I'm going to tweet out my ticket. Bet of the season for me. I All love right. this play. All right. Let's, let's see what happens here. All right. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Straight Out of Vegas. I want to thank Steve Fezza for coming on again. I'm Bernie Fratto. Next up, it's the man from Nashville, and he brings it strong. Yes, it's time for the Jason Martin Show. Keep it locked here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Vegas! 